This takes our uh, text tonight from Philippians chapter 1, verse uh, 1 through 9. A little bit long here, but uh, Philippians chapter 1, 1 through 9. Paul and Timotheus, the servants of Jesus Christ to all the saints in Christ Jesus, which are at Philippi, with the bishops and deacons, Grace be unto you, and peace from God our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine for you, all making requests with joy, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it, until the day of Jesus Christ, even as it is meet for me to think this is this of you all, because I have you in my heart, inasmuch as both in my bonds and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. Ye are all partaker of my grace, for God is my record, how greatly I long after you in all the bowels of Jesus Christ. And this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in judgment. You know, um, when the brother Land, uh, Randy Lee from Medford asked me to go to the youth reteaching come in, he said the uh, theme is going to be Philippians, so I've been reading it for the last month or so, and uh, yeah, the more I read, yeah, this is one of my favorite uh, letter that Paul uh, wrote. Uh, yeah, the, the more I read this um, letter, the more, I mean, it's a personal letter from Paul to the saints in Philippi there. And uh, the more I read it, uh, I read it over and over. It, it's, it's just not personal to me. It feels almost like he was writing it to a family, uh, uh, you know, uh, his children, his uh, brother and sister in Christ. So it's almost, it's a letter of encouragement and admonishment to them to you know to lift them up and to to encourage them and to uh, say hey keep it up i love what you're doing and i love that you're staying strong in the gospel so uh tonight but uh to set the foundation when when he was writing this it says you know to the servants of jesus christ to all the saints in christ jesus that word saint didn't mean that you know he was writing to the people at the church there that reach a certain spiritual level or a certain position. But uh, that word, when he refers that, it means that they were set apart for Jesus Christ. Amen. That word, it means that uh, they have a new life in Jesus Christ. That's what it is. So basically he said, hey, all of those who are with me in Jesus Christ, I'm writing this to you. Amen. So... um. Now, there are three thoughts in just the first chapter alone there that, uh, with the Lord's help, I would like to uh, convey. Uh, the first one is, I have you in my mind. The second one is, I have you in my heart. And the third is, I have you in my prayer. You know, verse three, it says, I thank God upon every mem- remembrance of you. You know, how many of us if we gone through 
very difficult time, bad time, you know, very difficult trial, and think of somebody and then it encourages you, it gives you joy. Yeah. Not too many times, a lot of times, sometimes when we go through a hardship, difficult time, we kind of just think, oh Lord, why is this happening to me? Did I do something wrong? But when Paul wrote to the saints here in Philippi, Philippi, he said, you know, he thought of them and, uh, he was, it gives him joy when he thought of them. And even though, you know, as you know, right now he is in prison waiting for trials, uh, cause he was a, of course he was arrested and waiting for trial and to, he has to defend the gospel there. And, uh, so why did it bring joy to, uh, Paul when he was uh, remembering uh, remembering them at this time when uh, now remember back in Acts uh, chapter 16 there God gave him a vision to go help uh, a vision that hey uh, a man had a, he had a vision that to come help somebody there in Macedonia and that's where he went and of course uh, he was humiliated and you know well first he met Lydia the seller of purple she got saved when he was there, Philippi, and then uh, he, uh, him, uh, he uh, was it uh, healed the possessed, the demon possessed girl, and because of that, he got arrested and thrown in prison there. And because that happened, the jailer got saved. So because of, you know, well, he followed the vision. He went there, and that's why he said, you know, all this suffering, it's worth it. Because all these people got saved, and now a church started. And it's a small church, but all their household is coming to church, and they are faithful in the church and starting a church. So um, that's why it brought him joy. Now, tonight also, I'd like to have you think of something. Who brings you joy in your life? Who brings a smile to my face, uh, your face? I mean, right now I have two little girls. If I go through some trouble, I think of them and bring my joy and a smile. I don't know about the older kids. I still love them. I still love them. But praise the Lord. But um, but now there there was a song I listened to a long time ago. There was one line that I I love. It it the, the line was that says, uh, "I hope you smile when I cross your mind." Now put yourself in that shoe. If uh. Let's say if if you cross our pastor's mind, would it give him joy? Or would he say, oh, Lord, please give me strength to pray for that person more? It's a serious thought. It might be funny, but it does. Does your life convey the the life that it should be? The, the holy, W-H-O-L-L-Y, committed to God and living a holy life, H-O-L-Y, to God? Because when you live holy and a holy life committed to God, the proofs, the, the fruits will show and it will bring joy to those around you when they remember you or when they go through a difficult time, it would encourage them. I'm sure it would encourage him a lot. You know, if, if, if you cross his, our pastor's mind, he said, no, I'm thankful that he's part of my congregation. I'm thankful that he's in the work. Again, not the other way where Lord give me strength. Yeah. To, to pray for them more often. But so again, uh, all that, uh, that's what give, uh, Paul the joy when he thought of these uh, things. And again, 
If we want to live a life that brings joys to other, that encouragement to other, God can help us if we want to. Pray. Search your heart. God will reveal it to you. If you want to grow, he will allow you to grow. He will allow you to be encouragement and joy to those when you ever cross somebody's mind, you know, here tonight or out there. So, and then uh, the second thought, I have you in my heart, you know, verse 7 here, even as it is to meet for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart. The love of Jesus Christ is the tie that binds us all. Do you believe that tonight? Love is the evidence of salvation. So if you're saved, you should have love in your life. If you said you're saved, but show no love or have no love of not change, then you might be fooling yourself. Love is the evidence of salvation. You know, how can we uh, truly tell that we're bound by love to one another? Let's say, you know, in our congregation here tonight. Well, we have concern for one another, right? Uh, when Paul was in prison, the saint there at Philippi sent uh, Epaphroditus to minister to him, right? To support him, to help him, to encourage him. And at the same time, when he couldn't go visit Paul anymore, got sick, Paul was concerned for him and prayed for him and asked the saint about him. And then one, this is a big one. I mean, if we have love and we can show love one another, we, we have to learn, not to learn, we have to forgive, willing to forgive one another. Right? First Peter 4 8. Let me turn that real quick here and read that out. And above all things, have fervent charity among yourself, for the charity shall cover the multitude of sins. Right there. Love covers all sin. Not just offenses, but covers all sin. We have to be willing to forgive one another. And then love doesn't keep records of wrong, as in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 there. Uh, You know, back in the old day when I was in college, I used to keep journals. It started when I took a class that makes you uh, write on your dreams. Maybe it was a psychology class. I, I can't remember. It's too long ago. You know. But uh, it says, you know, as soon as you wake up, you write about your dreams, uh, record it, so it helps you maybe you know, study what you think about or what you thought of when you go to, to sleep or when you wake up. You have to do it right away uh, as soon as you wake up or else you'll forget and you get distracted. But you know, I keep a lot of journals and throughout even when I got out of college and yeah, into uh, uh, later in life after I'm married too. Yeah, I write a lot of stuff down. Yeah, sometimes I write stuff down. Um, you know that uh, keep records of things I shouldn't keep of, right? Or uh, certain situation or whatnot, unfriendly situation. But then I realized, you know, God showed to me later, say, hey, you know, because one. Uh, uh, one of my kids, I'm probably just read, say, hey, what, what is this? What's going on here? You know, I said, uh, and then I realized that God showed me, you know, I, I should, I should write and keep encouragement, encouraging things, positive thing, but I shouldn't keep any record of any things that shouldn't be 
read or that could be discouraging to my children or to anybody that read it or somebody find it later in life, you know, if it ever get thrown away or whatnot. So again, not to keep records of any wrong. So as a Christian, as brother and sister in Christ, when somebody I learned that uh, offend me, I go to prayer and I allow God to work on me. Not on the other person, on me, because I'm the one that need help, uh, need to be forgiving and come to the, the, the throne of grace. Because again, those who practice love will always experience joy because it is the fruit of the spirit, the fruit of the spirit, right? Only the spirit can produce genuine love and joy. That's it. The world cannot produce that. Maybe you can have some, you know, momentary, temporary, temporal joy or temporary happiness or, or, or love or what the world call love. No, it's not real love. Genuine love. The agape love is what we call to have and to practice and to share with one another. Yeah. And when I was thinking about this, it's kind of sad sometimes we get along better with our unsafe coworker or unsafe neighbor than a safe family member. Have you ever thought about that? I do. I mean, I was there one time. I'm sure, you know, all of us gone through it. But again, I need to pray to, to overcome that, the Lord to work on me. It, to me, it shouldn't be. We shouldn't be able to get along better with an unsafe person or because person than a safe family member or a brother and sister in Christ. We have to let the power of Jesus Christ, the blood of Christ, can overcome anything. The only reason that it doesn't overcome is because we don't want to, because we want to hold back, because we want to hold, we want to be in control. No. As Christians, the blood of Jesus Christ covers all. It can overcome anything because Jesus overcome everything in this world. I mean, do you believe that tonight? I mean, I'm learning every day to believe more and more in the power of Jesus Christ and what he can do for me, uh, for my life and for myself and to be a better person. Yeah, to be a better father, to be a better friend, to be a better husband, you know, and thank the Lord uh, for that. So again, if we uh, practice love, we will always experience joy in our life. All right, and then the third one is on uh, verse 9 there, and this I pray that your love may abound yet more. He found joy in remembering them, the saints at Philippi, before the throne of God. Do you find joy in remembering or praying for one another at our church here? You know, I believe that one of the deepest joy that we can experience in this life is praying for one another and praying with one another. I do. I love it. Uh, when I was in college, and there wasn't a church by our uh, by our school there, so I would go to visit uh, smaller churches, more uh, uh, conservative. I tried to look it up. I don't think back then they have Google, so I couldn't Google much. I would just have to read, go visit, or talk to the church member or the pastor or something like that. Um, so go visit small churches, and that's one thing I miss because uh, I just got saved before I went off to college, and uh, we have the prayer altar, and a lot of churches I went to visit, when church is over, everybody just disperse or go um, chit-chat outside. 
Same thing when I went to work out there in Texas and stuff like that. You know, I, I w- went to visit some churches and stuff like that. Uh, it, it's rare what we have here. We should take advantage of that. Because I know a lot of time, now the only reason I say, I say we should take advantage of it is because as a, a person kind of in charge of Sunday school, I vet. I always look for more teachers, worker in the Sunday school and stuff like that. So I do kind of pay attention. I'm not judging. We shouldn't be, when church is over, we should be running toward the altar to, to pray. Right? That's where we can find the, our, again, that's one of the deepest joy that I experience is praying with and for one another at the altar here. There's no reason that we need to just run out there unless you have to. There's occasion you have to, but not every service. When service is over, you walk out the door. And again, I'm not trying to guilt you. I just want to, as a kid coming to Sunday school, not raised in this gospel, this is where I grow. This is where the Lord touch me. The Lord help me. The, the Lord teaches me you know, to be graceful, to be forgiving, to be loving. And I'm still learning. I'm not close to perfect yet. Uh, keep on praying for me. I would appreciate it. So, again, we prayer binds us together. Prayer move mountains. Prayer heal brokenness. Prayer heal broken relationship. Right? And prayer cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness. It is. You have to pray for it to clean us out. You can't just hope... Uh, uh, you know, that person can pray for me. It, it'll do for me. No, you have to do your part. Prayer cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness. If you want to draw closer to God, you need to pray. You, it can't be just a one-way thing, right? And uh, prayer will draw us to the closer to the throne of God. And when we pray, our life will be and should be to glorify God. That is it. Our life should be to glorify God. Not anybody else, not to look good for anybody else or for anything, but it's to glorify God. So when Paul prayed that the love may abound more and more, not only to grow in knowledge and on all judgment, but to grow in discernment and in your faith. Now I'll use the twin as illustration again. It'll be a while before I stop using them, maybe when I get to a certain age, just like the other kids. But um, when... Uh, you know, a few months ago, well, just a couple of months ago, they were just about five pounds, small. Now they're close to 10 pounds. So as they grow, I'm sure in a few more months, they're going to start to eat solid food also. And you hear this analogy before. As you grow in Christ, you shouldn't be still drinking milk as the first day you were saved. Ten years from now, you should be a whole lot closer to God. Grow in maturity, in characters. If you're still at the same as you were just, again, forgive me if I'm calling out anybody. If you're still coming just expecting to be fed and being fed and not start to feed others also and to encourage others, pray. Help. Pray that the Lord will guide you and direct you to be, uh, to grow up, to be more mature. Again, not just in your character, in your discernment, distinguish, seeing from what's right and what's wrong and what is of God and what is of this world. 
Again, only what is of God will help you to grow closer to him and to glorify his kingdom. And that is what we're called to do here, is to grow closer to him and to reach out to those who are lost. Because there are many that are lost, and, you know, Jesus is coming back soon. And so God wants us to grow in knowledge and discernment. He wants us to grow daily, weekly, monthly, yearly. If you're not growing, come to the throne of God, come to the altar and pray, and he will show you. And he will direct you to God, uh, to, to go closer to him. So now, so these were the, the, the three thoughts that Paul had in just this first chapter here. Um, in, he says, yeah, I have you in my mind, I have you in my heart, and I have you in my prayer. So, you know, in closing, uh, Jesus said the same thing as well for us. He had us in mind when he gave up glory, the throne of heaven, to come down to be one of us, to show, to show us that he can do it. If he can do it, we can do it also. And he have us, uh, again, and he has us in his heart when he gave up his life on Calvary for us. He died for us on that cross that we might have life in him. Let's make it worth it. And again, and he prayed for us uh, that the Father would give a comforter before he went to prepare a place for us. So he didn't just, you know, rose again and left. You know, he prayed for us. And you, again, you read John 14 through 16, not that he only prayed that uh, the Holy Spirit would come down and comfort us and guide us and direct us in a better way. He prayed for us in many other aspects also. Again, he has those in mind. He has us in his mind when he came down. He had us in his heart, and he had us uh, in his prayer, and he's praying for us tonight. And so tonight, I mean, as our usual, if you're not saved here tonight or anybody listening there, I mean, give your life to Christ because he thought of you. He came here to die for your sin and for my sin. And if you need to grow closer to him, come down and pray. Is there a reason why you don't want to grow closer to God? I can't find a reason. The more I grow closer to him, the sweeter it gets. The more strength, the more encouragement I get. And hopefully that I can be an encouragement to other around me too. So when hopefully when the pastor, when my pastor think of me and you know that, well, I'm thankful that, that, yeah, at least I'm thankful for him too, right? So again, uh, the point is, you know, Love one another, pray. If you're not saved, get saved. Jesus is coming back soon. If you need to draw closer to him, draw closer to him. Get your sanctification and get your deeper experiences. Uh, Baptize the Holy Spirit to be a servant, uh, to be a, a witness for him, to do his work for him. We are called here not just to sit and be dormant. We are called to be out there, to be workers. And we need worker in this, uh, in our church, in every church here. And I would, again, encourage everyone to take a moment to come down and pray because God will bless you for it. And the song of invitation is uh, 59.